You're listening to The Bookstorian Podcast, a podcast for book lovers and bookstagrammers. Hello and welcome to The Bookstorian Podcast. My name is Tegan and I am your host. On this episode, Ali from at What the Dickinson joins me to talk about her bookstagram account, as well as one of her favourite authors, Jane Harper. In particular, our chat focuses around the dry and force of nature. Just so you know, there aren't any spoilers in this episode, so if you haven't yet read the books, feel free to listen on, and hopefully at the end of the episode, you will be inspired to add them to your TBR. I hope you enjoy. Hello, Ali, and welcome to the Book Story and Podcast. How are you today? I'm really good, Tegan. Just ran back from work. My bus was late, but I made it. Just in time for some excellent book chat. Exactly. (laughs) Now, I do have an icebreaker question, which seems silly to break the ice because we've known each other for many years um, and we're actually in two book clubs together already anyway. But let's have a chat about a book other than the ones we're going to speak about. So what book has been your favourite 2021 release so far? Well, I've read seven 2021 releases this year. I had to go back and see. I actually read read more than I thought because I've only read about 30 books um, this year so far. Um, But my favourite one has to be One Last Stop by Casey McQuiston. Um, She wrote Red, White and Royal Blue. I think a lot of pictures, very popular on Instagram, Bookstagram. Um, I just loved it because it was just so fun and addictive. Her characters are just so fabulous. So it's a really campy, ridiculous story about two girls who meet on the subway in New York. Um, and there's some fantastical elements there as well. It's just such a feel-good read for me, which is really perfect for this bit of a depressing year mm. so far. Yeah. Yeah. My, I, well, mine is Malibu Rising by Taylor Jenkins Reid, but I've already spoken about that a fair bit on the podcast. So I'm going to cheat and pick another book that I really liked. And the book <laughs> that I picked, when I looked at the release date, it's actually the 29th of December, 2020. I think it's really unfair that it narrowly missed being a 2021 release. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to plug it because I actually don't think I've spoken about it on the podcast yet. And it's called When Apricots Bloom by Gina Wilkinson. And essentially it is set in Baghdad and we follow three main characters. So the first one is Ali and she is a deputy ambassador's wife. The second one is Huda, and she is a secretary at the Australian Embassy. And then uh, the other other Iraqi woman is Renaya, I believe is how you pronounce it. Um, And she's also an artist and a former friend of Huda. And essentially, it's a really good glimpse into a Westerner living within that Middle Eastern um, corner of the world, Um, and especially a woman living within that world. And... Um, although like some things are okay, a lot of things aren't. Um, and it was a really gripping story throughout. Like I, I learned an awful lot about this corner of the world. I hadn't actually read a book set in Iraq before. Um, and I also, yeah, like a really good gripping, like plot twist and, and ending. So I haven't seen too much about it on Bookstagram either, but I did, I really enjoyed it for what it was and I really appreciated every every little morsel of knowledge I got from it. So that's, um, yeah, Ooh. When Apricots Bloom by Gina Wilkinson. Oh, that sounds good. It's good to promote uh, books that aren't as well-known on um, Bookstagram or Book Talk or things like that. It's nice to see smaller 
I don't know if she's a small author. Mm. I just haven't heard of her uh, before, but yeah. And part of the story itself is actually based on her own experiences. So she's a formal, for, former journalist and foreign co- correspondent and documentary maker who mm. um, she herself has, has experienced uh, living in Baghdad under Saddam Hussein. So, oh, wow. yeah, so a lot of, um, it's quite, yeah, it, it, uh, you feel like what she's, what she uh, writes about is real. Like yeah. it feels very real. Um, and if you are, and if anyone is listening and um, are interested, if you're also a book clubber, there are discussion questions at the back of the book as well, which um, I found quite, quite good as a basis for some discussion about the book too. So yeah, there's that one. Hmm. It's interesting that some books have those discussion questions and some don't like maybe more award winners or ones that are more likely to be book club Mm. picks maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Potentially it's done as a way of, but I mean, it doesn't even say anything about it on the cover. So, and most of the time, like we would know, like when we pick a book club book, you don't know whether or not there's any discussion questions that exist on the book. So Mm. Mm. I, or I wonder whether, cause this is a Hachette book. Um, so I wonder whether or not sometimes different publishers do it and others don't. And potentially um, it might even be like up on their website and other suggestions mm. and recommendations for books. So. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. I, so, I always pronounce it a hatchet, but I think I might be pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a hatchet sounds like a very um, Australian way of saying it, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hatchet Australia. <laughs> so, Ali, you also have a Bookstagram account and uh, you have spoken about your Bookstagram account twice already on the podcast. So for those of you listening and if you are interested, Ali joined me on episode two of season one to talk about a range of different thriller reads. And that's when um, she really solidified for me how much she loves Jane Harper. And she also joined me for episode 11, which was the bonus Christmas episode last year to chat about in a holidays by Christina Lauren. So Ali, once again, can you describe your podcast feed? Thank you. Yeah, I'm trying to really solidify <laughs> my description. Um, so I think my aesthetic, I said before, is like bright and colourful. And I tend to take photos more opportunistically. Um, you know, I'm not that great at knowing what looks good in terms of choosing props and things like that. So I just tend to use pretty backgrounds like flowers on my bookcase. Um, I like taking photos using my surroundings so I can sort of remember when where I was when I was reading a certain book uh like a photo diary (laughs) I guess that's the concept for Instagram um but yeah so it's sort of like oh I was at that Airbnb you know two years ago or something like that and I'm trying to find something around me that matches the book I'm reading I just find that a nice challenge and I think sometimes because I've, I've, I've blended a few things over the years of having a bookstagram where I've gone really prop heavy or I've gone really tried to like take a photo then and it has props that embodies the read behind it. But I just found it was too exhausting and I got to the point where I didn't want to do it anymore because mm. you just, you invested so much time into taking a photo and then, I mean, you don't necessarily do it for the likes. We get 50 likes and you're like, if I'm not doing this for me anymore and I feel like I'm just doing this for a feed aesthetic, maybe I need to reassess what I'm doing. 
Um, and I found like having that organic shift between, oh, I'm sitting out the front reading a book and the sun's really pretty. I'm going to capture this now. And instead of taking an hour to take photos, it might take two minutes to, to take a few different angles and then pick your favorite later that you like. So yeah. Do you find the same thing? That's so true. Yeah. I think it's, um, you know, I just find just being yourself is the best. Cause it's like, I, yeah, try to do props and things like that, but I can't quite like, I, I just don't know what to do. So it, mm-hmm. it stresses me out. I think. So yeah, I just sort of, yeah, just go back to what I love most about it is just, yeah. Talking to people about books and the aesthetic. And I love people's aesthetic when they have those flat lays and they go to a lot of trouble and it just looks gorgeous. But I just, I'm not very visually creative, I think. And I, um, I'm terrible at, I'd be a terrible interior designer. Like I do not know what colors go together. So, (laughs) but I, yeah, I really appreciate when other people are able to do it, but I, yeah, just tend to, um, just do it more sort of, I guess in the moment and as artistically as I can as well. (laughs) And what's one of your favorite in the moment pictures that you've taken for your bookstagram feed? Well, it actually took this, it was a Jane Harper book, actually, <laughs> to, <laughs> I think it was December last year or in January, um, I was at my friend's house at the coast and she had this beautiful painting of this stormy, like, um, stormy sea. And it just really matched um, the cover of Jane Harper's book, The Survivors, I should say, the book, The Survivors. Um, and it looked really perfect matching. So I just felt the thought that I was like, oh, I'm, I put, took, took this book to read with me on this holiday. And here's like a painting that's, you know, all about a storm and the book's all about a storm as well and matches the cover. And, oh, perfect. <laughs> Quite serendipitous. Hmm. And you were speaking about the Bookstagram community a little bit before in your Bookstagram feed and um, that you, you like being on Bookstagram for the chat. What else do you love about being a part of the Bookstagram community? Hmm, I just love um, the support, I think, from people. You know, you're just... Reading is such a so, like solo activity usually and, you know it's so hard to find someone who's read the exact same chapter as you and being, you know, be like, I need to talk to someone about this immediately. And, but with bookstagram, you can just look up, you know, that book on the hashtag or talk to your friends about it. There's more people more likely to know, you know, about the genres that you're into and that sort of thing. Um, Yeah. Just the connectivity about talking about books is just great. You feel so supported with, um, the the community and the friends that you've made on there yeah I definitely agree and throughout the like the last 12 months I've been doing the podcast it's it's been really wonderful that people that I might have only ever spoken to through bookstagram and we can have a podcast and get along so well like for most people when they listen to the podcast you know we've we've chatted for about five minutes beforehand before I hit record and start recording and Um, I think sometimes like you have a really great chemistry with people just because you simply love the same book or the same author or the same genre. And um, that's really uh, exemplified in bookstagram for sure. So true. Yeah. Very reflective. (laughs) Very reflective. It's great um, with the book clubs as well. Mm. Um, Yeah. You really find um, you have a lot to talk about. I like buddy reads and that sort of thing. I need to, I want to do more buddy reads. Mm-hmm. 
definitely. Well, the the books that we're going to talk about today could potentially be a body read for people who are listening. And uh, we are going to talk about The Dry uh, by Jane Harper and Force of Nature by Jane Harper. So the whole reason why I started reading a Jane Harper book is because of you, Ali, because I really love your book recommendations. Um, and yeah, like I really enjoy thrillers, but you speak so highly of this author. I was like, I, I need to finally give this a go. So the first one is The Dry. So The Dry is based in Kar- Karoa. I want to make sure I'm saying that properly. <laughs> I think dry. <laughs> the Dry's plate is set in outback Karoa and where it hasn't actually rained for two years. So it is an incredibly like tense and just like hot and sweaty time, I think is probably the best way to describe it. And um, Fork, who, or Aaron Fork, I should say, um, he is a federal police investigator. So he is the main thread between the two books that we are going to be discussing today. And he is contacted by his old school friend's father. So this is Luke Hadler. So Luke Hadler's father contacts um, Aaron Fork after his son dies uh, suspiciously. So it is a suspected suicide. However, there is a, a lot more to the story and a lot more secrets that are uncovered because Aaron is, or Fork, is he, it, he's, he's known as Fork as his nickname. So it sounds weird to say Aaron, but Fork uh, returns to the township where he um, spent a few of his childhood years. And we do see a fair bit of his past also being uncovered. Uh, the second book is Force of Nature. So Force of Nature has a has sort of a, I guess, dual narrators in the fact that we have Aaron Fawkes' perspective, but then we have a we have a range of perspectives from a group of women who are also a part of the main uh, narrative, and one of those women, Alice Russell, doesn't disappear at the other end. So. They, they go along for like a team building activity in the Girlang Ranges and they, um, when they come, come through the end, the, the male group is all there, uh, but the female group is late arriving and Alice isn't there. So it's, a, um, it's again, quite suspicious um, and very moody setting. Do you think I've described those two books fair enough? <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Fantastic. Excellent. So, Ali, what do you love about Jane Harper? Um, I just love her descriptions and writing of the landscape. She's so talented at writing really vivid depictions of all different um, types of Australian landscape. And I like how all of her books are set in a different landscape of Australia. You know, it the really dry, dusty um you know rural areas and then force of nature in more of that jungly tropical um landscape and then in the survivors it's that beach craggy tasmanian sort of wild ocean landscape um the lost man is another one that's similar to the dry and sort of more rural and and desert sort of um yeah depictions but I love the uh landscape descriptions and also her characterization I also love how she doesn't shy away from talking about some bigger issues um in terms of like toxic masculinity or domestic violence um I think she's really 
great at including those, weaving it into the story um, and not just being a really straightforward thriller. I like how she uses um, her characters and her story to make, make some comments as well about different social justice issues and, and things like that. Your copy of The Last Man is is still waiting patiently on my shelves to be read. <laughs> oh, yes, that's right. I, I was just thinking yesterday, oh, who did I lend that to? But I did write it down in my little book library journal. <laughs> that can get so messy having a little journal that you write them in because you, you someone could have a book for a year or two. Like, there are definitely friends of mine that have still got books of mine from years ago. But I've, um, I don't know if you've seen them, but I do these little library loan cards now where yes. I have a little box and everyone has their own name. So I find that so much easier to flick through um, and, and, yeah, find the book and who I've loaned it to for sure. If um, you're listening to Egan's friends, <laughs> um, she was coming for you to get those books. <laughs> I actually, I have been known to send out like a text message that's similar to the one you get from the library when your loan's overdue. <laughs> like, I think- know, insert name. <laughs> this is an overdue notice. <laughs> I think I sent that one like that to you or just to, I didn't even know where I lent my seven. Yes, of- you put it on <laughs> Bookstagram. Oh yeah, I'm like who did I learn this to? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I'm I glad that was the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, and I'm glad I gave it back to you because I wanted my own copy anyway. So I got to yeah. I, I purchased and read my own copy. Yeah, yeah, and that's actually it was actually an ARC copy as well that I had got secondhand, mm. um, which was an advanced reader copy. So it wasn't actually the final copy. So I should read the final copy just to make sure I'm in love with the right version. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Or maybe I could always um, loan you my copy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it, it, is currently, um, it is currently out on loan. Um, <laughs> put it on a hold for you. I'm sure I have something on my TBI. <laughs> while I'm waiting, you know, I have only a couple of books on my shelves waiting to read. <laughs> One of the other things that I have that is still is like, singed on my brain is when we were talking about thrillers last year and you mentioned Jane Harper and you specifically said like you like how she doesn't have these cardboard cutout characters that we quite often see in other thrillers so um and one of those like non-cardboard cutout characters would be Aaron Fork what benefits do you think there are to having a lead character across two or more novels from a single author I love series, you know, I love fantasy and all that sort of thing. But so I love when other genres have ongoing stories, like there's, you know, it's episodic in terms of there's a a mystery, but then there's a larger, you know, um, mystery or story going on in the background. And so you can really see that character develop throughout the series. And I know there's, there's tons of other crime series that, that do the same thing, like the, um, I think your friend Hannah was talking about the um, Ancles, like the Vera series, um, and also the other Ancles series, Shetland, um, which is a, a TV show, and it follows like the same detective um, throughout the the novels. Um, and there was also another one I was going to recommend as well, the Tuva Moody song. 
series. It's a, it's a trilogy by a Swedish author, Will Dean. Um, the first one is Dark Pines. Um, and it's, it's really atmospheric as well. But instead of the Australian landscape, it's like the Swedish landscape and talking about um, like the forest, deep, dark forests and the snow and the ice and how, you know, how some landscapes can look so beautiful, but they're really dangerous underneath. Um, sort of similar to Jane Harper's novels. Um, so, yeah, I like, and you follow the same detective through the, that trilogy. Um, so very similar to the reasons why I love Jane Harper, like talking about deeper issues and the, and the description of the landscape. And I think having a character that you're already familiar with, particularly when you step into Force of Nature, you there's not so much time spent on a backstory. You're getting a lot more of the plot and a lot more of the new characters uh, than, than rehashing. And certainly, like, good authors obviously thread in parts of their initial or original story into a sequel. So if, if it's been a few years between reads, you're getting those little cues that help you to remember. Um, but I was, I was also going to mention with these two as well, I don't think it really matters the order that you read them in. I think you could quite easily pick up Force of Nature and when you get to the end go, oh, actually, babe, yeah, like the dry, I should be giving the dry a go. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that's also very clever. Um, in the in the way that sometimes you pick up a sequel and you get halfway through it and you're like, oh, this is a sequel? Like, I've missed a whole novel. <laughs> but this one, it, it doesn't tend to matter. Um, the other, um, like, Sherlock Holmes uh, by Arthur Conan Doyle and um, Agatha Christie and Hercule Poirot? Oh, oh, po- uh, Poirot? Poirot, oh, that's it. Okay. So, yeah, they were the other ones that kind of... And I thought as well, with you, you have that lead sort of detective character throughout it that uh, worked quite well. Sorry, oh, Luke, dude, I'm so, oh sorry. Sorry, you go. <laughs> I'm obsessed. Tell me what you're obsessed. You're obsessed I'm with Sherlock Holmes. Oh. Um, and I read them. I read most of the stories like oh years and years ago, but I want to reread them because I I just love them so much. But I've never read any Agatha Christie. Really. That surprises mm. me as someone who loves yeah. thriller. Yeah, it's, yeah, just, I don't know. I have some on my shelves, but I haven't read them. Maybe in October when I read some spooky, spooky reads. Murder on the Orient Express would be my favourite. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's got a movie, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I haven't actually seen the movie. Might be a good one, actually, to get out like mm. higher through YouTube or whatever, because I don't know whether or not it's on any streaming services I have. In, in fact, I watched The Dry when you, um, oh. on the weekend when you said, oh, you know, we're going to talk about The Dry and it's actually been a couple of years since I read it. So mm. I was like, oh, the movie's come out. I haven't watched it yet. And it was so good. Yeah, I think the film is done really well. Yeah. Like, yeah. And even um, Eric watched it with me and we don't normally find too many things in common that we like to watch because uh, he's more like mountain bike or motorbikes or cars and then I like a bit of a rom-com or a, like a drama or a historical piece. But we actually both sat and watched The Dry together. And at the end, we're like, oh, that was actually a really good movie. Oh, that's so good. I love mm. that. When, because, yeah, Sabrina and I are the same. It's, it's so hard to find something that we both like. But mm. thriller or like good crime drama is one that it's like, oh, you know, it just hooks you in and you're just on the edge of your seat the whole time. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think so too. Like, I think our commonalities are around Australian uh, movies and television as well. Cause we really like Rose Haven too. Oh, I haven't seen that before. Oh, love it. It's in its last season at the moment and you can catch up um, on all the episodes on ABC iView, but it's done oh, really cool. well. Cecilia Pacuola and uh, Luke McGregor are the two um, comedians who are in it, but it's really funny and it's set in Tassie. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, there's another one more crime, Australian yes. crime drama that's like a series and there's four hour-long episodes called The Cry. Not the dry, the cry, <laughs> but it's, um, yeah, very, it's, it's, you, we watched them all in one night. We literally could not like go to bed until we found out what happened. We were just on the edge of our seats. It's so, it's so like intense and devastating and yeah, about this couple in Australia with their baby and it's just, yeah. Oh, wow. Good. <laughs> so that was a nice big diversion for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> But hopefully we've given you a, a whole range of like movies or television or new books to add to your TBR in the meantime. <laughs> One thing I really wanted to talk about with this book, and you mentioned it uh, a little bit earlier, and it's about the, the actual setting of the book. So for people who haven't, haven't read the novel or just want to want to refresh, how would you describe the atmosphere and the characters that Jane Harper creates in The Dry or Force of Nature? Mm. Well, I, yeah, I think I said before, like, really vivid and um, descriptive in terms of you, you think you have experienced maybe these conditions before if you've been to a really rural area of um, Queensland or... Um, you know, you've been to the coast of Tasmania or Victoria. Or, um, I know it's something Australians are really proud of are the, is the landscape and the, the country um, and something I think that speaks to everyone. I, when we study a type of theatre um, in drama that's called Australian Gothic Theatre and I think Jane Harper beautifully brings that Australian Gothic vibe into her stories. So we quite often associate Australian Gothic with like colonial times. And we're talking about the, the isolations Euro Europeans would have felt, but also the sense and loss of culture that our First Nations people would have felt. And I think what Jane Harper does is she sort of shifts that Australian Gothic to, to the now and kind of acknowledges the past and the, um, like uh, haunted, I don't think haunted's the right word, but when it's probably that sense of isolation, but also that sense of, is there someone else out here watching me or is there, um, yeah, I can't, I can't, can't quite articulate it how I want to. And it, it also that it touches particularly on the dry uh, with like the madness that ensues around like drought and heat and there are areas in Australia when the temperature gauge starts to rise, the crime starts to lift because people are feeling restless um, and hot and sweaty. Um, and I think it also, she's really good in terms of the characters that um, in, in the dry or even within force of nature, that idea of these um, family ties and connections that people have to community and particularly in the dry, like everyone knows everyone, but then in force of nature, there are all these like little interconnected 
uh, ties between people. And that's what happens in real life. Like if we sat down and looked around at our book club alley, like there are people know each other through all these different which ways and it becomes these little spider webs of people. And Jane Harper brings these like spider webs of people to these really isolated places. Um, yeah. For those of you listening, I'm doing a lot of like hand connecting and fingers connecting. Hand spiders. To do the spiders, <laughs> hand spiders and bringing the hand spiders together. <laughs> it's beautiful minding it. Like it's really painting a picture. <laughs> One thing I really also love about a book, and this is a controversial thing because not everyone likes this, but do you like the flashback scenes? that are either in contrast or in support of the narrative. Yeah, I like, I like flashback scenes or I, I think it, what I like is two scenes, I mean, sorry, two storylines happening concurrently, like past and, and future happening at the same time. Like one chapter might be the past, one chapter might be in the future. I, I like when, I think it just gives more opportunities for like red herrings and, um, you know, intrigue. And I like when the, when the stories are mirrored as well, when there's, you know, things that seem really similar that are happening in the past and in the future and in the present. Um, and it sort of keeps you, it sort of confuses you more, <laughs> which I love being confused when I'm reading a thriller because I, you know, I don't want it to be really obvious what the main thing is. And if I'm, you know, thinking, Oh, is this connected to the thing in the past or is it separate or is, you know, is it the same person or what's happening? I just, I think it's a good device. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, I wholeheartedly agree. It it keeps me on my toes. And like you, you might read a chapter in the present and then suddenly it switches to the past, but you want to know what happened in the present. So you've got to read through the past to get back to the present. And I think it's a really good way of, of wanting to devour a story. And um, I, yeah, I also think it, it gives you a good background knowledge about the character without having to go this is Aaron Fork this is what happened to him in the past it actually it just shows you rather than just Mm. retelling to you yeah Mm. my ultimate question that I want to end with is do you prefer the dry or force of nature oh I feel bad because I feel like force of nature is no one's favorite child (laughs) and I'm being preferential but that might not be true as well you know, let us know if you like Force of Nature the best. But I like the dry. I really like the dry. And in fact, I like The Lost Man, which is not part of the Aaron Fork series, the most um, out of all of Jane Harper's books. But out of those two, they're definitely the dry. And why is that? I think <laughs> the reason I like the dry the most is... Um, because it introduces you to Aaron Falk and it's also connect more connected to his past and his story. And I think I really liked, you know, I was saying I like books where the detective has a bigger story in the background and it's, and it's connected to them. Whereas in the force, in force of nature, it wasn't as connected to him. It was more of a, you know, this is a new case that I'm just assigned to and solving. Um, he sort of reflected back on things that happened at the dry, but you know, the dry was all really intertwined with his story. So I like that about it. Yeah, I tend to agree. I found, um, I found with the dry that I did, I, I think the sense of, even the sense of mystery and the plot twists 
and the setting just felt a little bit more compelling. Um, I was captivated by the storyline and the characters a lot more mm-hmm. than I was in Force of Nature. So I think I particularly liked, yeah, as you were saying, that thread to Aaron's past was a little bit more prevalent in the story. So we were getting um, a lot of sort of like, yeah, two for one kind of information, like a past story and the present story. Um, But I also just think I cared more about the characters in the dry, like about Luke Hadler's family and the little girl that that has been left behind. That's not a spoiler that you already know from the like first chapter, but that's the case. Um, And yeah, I, and I also felt like with the dry, I'm like, so who did it? So, oh no, I think this person did. Now I think this person did. Now I think this person did. Whereas force of nature, and this sounds really harsh. I, part way through, I was like, I kind of don't care. Like I don't care who did it. I don't, I don't really care. Like I, and I think it was because I couldn't connect to any of the characters. And even though I was kind of, I was continuing on and I, I was going to finish it regardless. I, yeah, kind of, I, I felt a bit unmotivated um, reading Force of Nature because I, I didn't quite get the character connections there. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. And I'm hoping another Aaron Falk book comes out in the series because she's started, she's written a few standalones sort of in between Force of Nature mm. and now. So I don't know uh, if she is writing another Aaron Falk book. I think book. even the Aaron Falk connection to like his father Whilst that was strong, it felt kind of like an afterthought. Like, yeah. oh, let's we connect this to the fact that Aaron's dad likes to go hiking. Yeah, yeah, that was, it didn't really just sort of was a bit convenient, I guess. Mm. Is there anything else you want to just to discuss about Jane Harper or about either of these novels before we end? No, I think we. I think we covered most of the my my thoughts about that. It, it's it's rare, I think, to find a thriller that I really remember and connect with. Mm. I think that's another reason I love Jane Harper is I just, I remember the stories. I, mean, I just said I forgot after two years. <laughs> but but leaves an impression on me, I guess. Mm. Um, because it's often with thrillers, I just, you put them down and then you forget 15 minutes later, you know, after you found out who the killer was and you just, yeah, completely forget, but I find she really leaves an impression. Mm. And even though the, the stories are kind of tied up with like a, a loose sort of bow, um, most of the time books that leave an impression on me are more so the ones with the unambiguous, unambiguous endings where you don't really know what happens. But even though you do find out what happens, yeah, it's certainly, um, particularly with The Dry, because these are the only two that I've read, but yeah, particularly with The Dry, it's one that I would recommend to people and that, yeah, find an excuse to talk about like the podcast episode. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have to get on to that. So thank you. Sorry, what are you? So, yeah, no, I was just going to say thank you for joining me. I'll start that again. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck editing this episode, Tegan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, thank you so much for having me. I really always enjoy talking to you about books. You have been listening to the Book Story and Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and follow me on Instagram at the Book Story and Podcast. 